And a big hello and a very good day to you. Of course, this is your podcast for your Wednesday. Tame Your Talent is the name of the podcast. Your host, Brad J, professional action sports and professional sports announcer. Over 20 years in the business. And this is my daily podcast. I talk about things that have happened to me via announcing and uh, and just my life in general. And uh, yesterday on the show, I was kind of getting a little ahead of myself. I've been talking about some you know decisions you got to make when you're a freelancer about taking jobs or not taking jobs. How do you know when it's the right one to take and and all that stuff? So that was yesterday on the show. And uh, it was good because you know when you have 20 plus years of announcing experience as a professional announcer traveling the world and seeing amazing stuff. You got to make the decisions, man. Sometimes jobs aren't always evenly spaced apart and uh, a lot of them fall on the same day. And when they fall on the same day or the same weekend or even the same week for that matter, you got to pick the job that's the best for you. And uh, if it's somebody who supports you, I always looked at it this way. When determining what job I would get, let's say I get uh, somebody calling me to say, Hey, will you announce this weekend? for this sporting event. And then someone else asked me to do the same weekend. Okay. First of all, then I compare the two and see, all right, which one's more money, first of all, but I don't make my decision solely on that. Then you make your decision on the contact. Who are the companies you're working for? Is it somebody that provides you a lot of money all year long? Well, if it's somebody that provides you a lot of money all year long and their money is less than the person who's offering you for a one-off job, well, then you kind of got to, Make that decision. I try to stay with the ones that give me the most work. And I've always done that throughout my career, especially with ESPN and X Games and, and, and what have you. I'm Brad J. As I said, you can uh, check out my YouTube, Tame Your Talent on YouTube. That is my YouTube page and uh, a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that I do uh, from the Olympics and X Games and stuff is all right there. So subscribe. I've been trying to keep track of that whole subscription thing. And there's not many subscribers, but uh, we're looking to have more. So why don't you do that for me? Uh, if you like what you're hearing, go to YouTube. I'm going to post all these, all my podcasts up there eventually too. So that's probably going to be the next thing I do. Uh, also got a, a classic rock radio show that I do six hours a night, Monday through Friday. Rock out with your socks out. And you can do that on ktyd.com, ktyd.com. That is the website to be able to listen to my radio show, 7 to midnight. Now, that's on the West Coast, California time, Cali time. So, there you go. All right. Today's today's podcast is about starting out on the wrong foot. Now, maybe there's some of you that are starting out right now in your career, don't know what you want to do, and then maybe there's people that are already middle of their career or maybe you're in the waning part of your career which is towards the end of it or whatever your your case may be when you started out did you were you starting out on the right foot i sure the heck wasn't okay i definitely did not start out on the on the right foot especially through the teenage years i know my dad was worried about me god rest his soul but he was worried that i was just going to be the complete screw up and i was just going to cause my mom and my family so much heartache because I was kind of a selfish dude doing things that I wanted to do. I was in party mode. I was a surfer. I was a skateboarder. I was doing all this stuff and it was all about me. So starting out on the wrong foot is something that I, I feel that I did. I definitely did. And then I, I trace it all back 
You know, I, I look at it all the way back. Let me take it all the way back to when I was in uh, elementary school, grammar school, whatever you guys call it now. I have no idea. Uh, kindergarten, I think, was where it was. I think it was 1969 kindergarten, uh, Santa Barbara, UCSB, right there at the campus of UCSB. Now, this is during the height of the riots and the uprest over the Vietnam War back in those days. And I was just a little tyke. And I remember my mom was kind of a single mother. Our father lived, you know, about an hour away in Lompoc and we were in Santa Barbara. And uh, he wasn't in the picture as much at the time. But I just remember I was such a little rebellion. My brother and sister were always good. They went to school on time. They were doing, And I would always do something just wrong. Like I'd always do something wrong. And I remember one day uh, as a kindergarten kid and I was getting ready to go to school that day and I would walk from my house to the campus because it wasn't that far away. I was right there by UCSB campus in Santa Barbara, University of Santa Barbara in California. And I decided that, you know, I saw my dog. My dog's name was Jennifer. And I saw Jennifer in the morning and she was just kind of a medium sized white and black. I don't even know what type of dog she was. But I remember saying, you know what? I got to go to school. You know what? If I have to do this, if I have to deal with this school stuff, here I am in kindergarten saying this kind of stuff to myself, then I'm going to bring my dog, okay? And no one is going to stop me. So what did I do? Put my dog on the leash, walked right into the classroom with my dog, tied the leash up around my desk, sat down, took my books out and stuff, my backpack or whatever we, we were doing to get ready for my lessons. And was there, ready to go. <laughs> well, the teacher did not care so much to have me bring a dog into my classroom, into her classroom. She was not happy with that at all. She was like, you need to take the dog and the dog needs to go back to the house. And I go, if I have to be here, it was like something out of like Fast Times at Ridgemont High. If, if I'm here and you're here, isn't it our time, Mr. Hond? No, it was almost like the same thing, but it was like, I said, like, if I have to be here, you know what? It's not fair that my dog has to be home alone, so I brought my dog here. So my dog is with me. <laughs> Teacher wasn't having it. Uh, called my mom. My mom had to leave work, and she had to come back and, and pick up the dog and take the dog back to the house, okay? So that was one incident with that very same teacher, and she did not like me. And at that point, I didn't like her either, okay? We were not friends. She wouldn't let me have my dog in class. So to me, she was enemy number one, okay? And so one day, like this is probably maybe a month later, somewhere around then, I don't know what I did. I did something wrong in class. I think I popped off. I said something to the teacher. And the teacher said, all right, Brad, you're going to stay in from recess today. You don't get to go out to recess. And to me, recess was everything, you get to ride those big old bikes out there and go in circles and just roost around the, you know, the playground. So much fun. And I was told that I wasn't going to get to go because I had mouthed off and I'd said something to the teacher that she didn't like. So she made me, she made me sit there. And uh, during recess, all the kids were adjourned from class. They all left the door. They all went outside. They're all out there. I can see the doors open. I'm in the class by myself and all these kids are out there playing, having fun, just enjoying themselves and I'm mad and now I'm really mad and I'm really not liking this teacher by this time so what did I do well I actually had to go to the bathroom so hmm and I can't just leave the classroom 
So I went and took a big old poop in the teacher's garbage can next to her desk. <laughs> Keep in mind I'm in kindergarten, okay? Don't try to put like modern day Brad J into that category. I've never pooped in a garbage can since then. <laughs> and so the teacher comes in from recess. All the kids come in from recess. They all they all sit down and they're all in there. And you can see the teacher's just like she smells something and she smells something that does not smell good and uh, she looks down in the garbage can and realizes there is a big old poop ski right in the middle of that can <laughs> and where would that have come from let me see who was in the classroom by himself well that would have been me and then that was pretty much the end of it uh, right there with my with my public schools back in those days. Uh, my mom was called in. It turned into a big, huge, huge hassle. And basically, they were done with me. They wanted nothing to do with me, so they wanted my mom to pull me out of school and put me into a private school. So at that point right there, that's exactly what my mom did. Uh, she had to pull me out of public school and had to put me into a, a private, uh, private kindergarten uh, ran by uh, German-speaking teachers that would smack your hands with rulers if you didn't say Dankeschön or Bitteschön. So I went from one place to the other, but that was the end of it right there. Bringing the dog to class, not good. Taking a poop in the garbage can, never a good idea, especially when it's a teacher's garbage can right next to her desk. Yeah, she's going to smell that. So there you go. And that was it. And this is, keep in mind, this is all during the 69 riots at UCSB, the Vietnam War. Stuff was going crazy. I mean, the moon landing was happening right about the same time. So it was just uh, definitely starting out on the wrong foot in the early years. And then you know, my dad and my mom, they got together. They got together and moved about an hour north. And uh, that's where we ended up being after that. So we moved we moved uh, north to Lompoc from Santa Barbara. And then... Then I had a, a dad, more of a steady dad in the picture. Because you got to remember this. And I've told the story before. My dad, uh, who is, who's passed away now, he had to adopt me. Okay. Now, I'm not adopted. Well, I am officially adopted from him. But here's the clincher. He was my real dad all along. Okay. He is my blood father all along. Right. He was married to another woman. My mom was married to another man. Okay, they weren't separated or divorced from their their marriages. Got together, my mom got pregnant, had my sister, then was pregnant again, had me. All while she was still married to another man, separated from him, not living with him, but separated. So you're born under someone else's name. So I was basically born under my mom's first marriage's husband's name when he wasn't my real biological father. My biological father was my father, but since that happened that way he actually had to adopt me so it was legal on paper so by the time i was you know i don't know what it was 13 years old 14 years old my dad had to adopt me so i could have his last name and he was my real father all along so it was a weird setup for for being back then but we moved we moved to lompo we got out of the santa barbara area had a full family environment and and things definitely started going good but then by the time by the time i turned into a teenager i was definitely on a uh, a course I didn't know what I wanted to do. I mean, when I was young, it was easy. Before I was 12 years old, I wanted to be a professional baseball player. 
Okay. And then when I didn't make the team uh, in high school for my freshman year, I think it was like 15 years old or something like that. Yeah, so that wasn't working. So I had a plan. So I didn't really have a plan. And then I kind of gravitated towards radio. I wanted to be a radio DJ because my dad had a little radio show. And I've talked about this in previous episodes. So that's kind of where I was at. But school was tough. I mean, by the time by the time I hit my junior year. So I played three sports uh, my freshman year. I played three sports my sophomore year. And then my junior year, get this, I played zero sports. Now, why did I not play any sports my junior year? Because that's when I discovered surfing. I discovered surfing uh, really, really got into it between uh, my 10th grade year going into my 11th grade year. I mean, I found it before then, but I really got into it. And I wasn't going to do it. And I even had coaches telling me, Brad, you're going to try out for the team. You're going to come out for the team. And I'm like, nope. I was just going to be a surfer. And so that's what I did. So I surfed, and I surfed more than I went to school. And then when that started catching up to me, where school was like, look, here's the deal, man. You have you're so deficient in the, the overall units that you need to graduate that you will have to go to school until you're probably 21 if you stay in high school and stay at the rate you're going. The good news is for me, I had taken care of all of the courses, the mandatory courses, you know, your U.S. history, B, your political science, all these things, your math, your English that you're supposed to take. I had those completed. So I only had two classes left on those, but it was the overall amount of units that I didn't have. So the choice was given to me. Look, you finish these last two classes, you take your GED, you take your proficiency test, and you will officially graduate from the adult school. So it's a diploma just like high school, but it says adult instead of high school. Same diploma that everyone else got. But what that did for me was released me from the confines of public schools at that point because I didn't want to go. I wanted to get, I wanted to move on, go to college, go do some stuff. So get out of there. I, just, I wanted to just get out of the town, come back to Santa Barbara and live. And that's what I really wanted to do. And so that's what I did. Went and took those two classes, went and took the GED that they said I had to take, took the proficiency too as well, and by finishing the two classes and getting good scores on the GED and the proficiency test, those showed that I was able to graduate high school, and there, I was out. I was out, and I was 17 years old, and I was pretty darn happy. Couldn't have been happier at that point in my life. That was what I wanted to do. Got out of high school, I had friends that were still in school, and I'm out. And I'm very, very stoked on that, you know, and then stupid, stupid me, you know, finally out of school, happy, going good, uh, just about ready to move to Santa Barbara. And uh, I decided my friend and I decided that we were going to go to this uh, this uh, 18 and over bar that you could go to. I mean, you couldn't drink at 18 to 21, but 21 and over you could. And we weren't we were only 18. So we decided that we would drive. I think it was a 30, 40 minute drive over to the to the to the place. So we drove over there. We're happy, you know. He's out of high school. I'm out of high school. Getting ready to move to Santa Barbara. Things are going good. Life's going good. And just decided that I would have a few beers and it would be okay. And got behind the wheel. And I'll tell you right now, let me just say this. I do not condone drinking and driving. And it is one of the worst things you could do for you and for the people out there. It's something that you should just never condone, even a little bit. 
You should always designate a driver. There's Ubers, there's Lyft, there's taxis. There's so much available nowadays. There's no reason, no reason to drink and drive. And even back then, there's still no reason, but it wasn't such a big law-breaking situation when I was young that it is now. And if you rewind the clock back to when my father was uh, in his 20s, he told me about a story where he was in Santa Barbara. Think about this one. He's in Santa Barbara. I think this must be around the 40s or the 50s. I'm not sure of the, the year. He's passed away now, so I wouldn't be able to find out. But he's coming around this turn in Santa Barbara, and he's had way too many drinks. And he's driving, right? But it wasn't such a big deal as much back then. He comes around. Here's another guy coming around the turn. He's been drinking, too. They both collide. Nobody gets majorly hurt, but the cars are totaled in the middle of the road, and they both get out, and they're obviously super They're super drunk, and a police officer shows up and sees my dad and sees the other guy and puts them both in the car, right, the police car, and takes them both home, takes my dad to a hotel that he was staying at and to this other guy who, was, uh, who lived there to his house and dropped him off. The tow trucks came out, towed the cars out, but that was it. That's how they handled things back then. So by the time I come around and I get in trouble, so we're driving back. We're driving back all the way from this place that we were at, uh, the 18 and over bar. I think it was called the Long Branch Saloon, and it was in the town of Santa Maria, California. We're coming back over this really crazy grade, like a really windy road. And I'm driving my 1969 VW Bug, right? I'm coming across the across the top of the mountain, coming back down through it. And it's a tough drive. First of all, you shouldn't be driving that on any sort of measurable amount of alcohol. But I'd had a little too much, and I was driving, and my friend had way too much. So he's he's hanging out the window throwing up, okay? That's not a good luck. <laughs> it's like 1.30 in the morning or 2 in the morning, driving back, Got the window down the passenger seat. My buddy's out there just throwing up all over the side of my car. We're driving down the road. We come to a stoplight, and somehow my Volkswagen bug, the lights went out on the back of it. And so my taillights weren't working. So it was like, pull up to this intersection. There's a, a California Highway Patrol facing us, coming opposite us. I go past. He realizes that I don't have taillights. So he whips around. I wasn't doing anything wrong, but he saw the no taillights, so there was a reason to pull me over. So he pulls me over. And uh, he starts talking to me about everything, and he's about ready to get me to do the uh, field sobriety test. And I just say, hey, let me take my friend home. He's just really drunk. I really got to get him home. It's really important. And he's like, well, no, you got to do these tests. And I go, no, 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 please let me take this guy home. He's really got to go home. I'm trying everything to get out of this because I know there's no way I'm going to pass anything. So he wasn't having it. I was arrested on the spot, and uh, my friend and I were both taken. Well, he's got to throw up all over him. <laughs> in the back of the cop car taken to the police station and uh parents called parents came down to to pick us up and as soon as we got to the parking lot i just ran i don't know where i was running to but i was just like oh, i'm not gonna deal with this it. It like it was all their fault like i was the victim <laughs> what an idiot i was i ran uh found some bushes slept in them then uh, walked home the next day and my parents said well Hope you learned a valuable lesson. You're going to be paying for this all out of your pocket. And I'm like, what? You guys aren't going to pay for it? No, you'll be paying. You're fine. You'll be doing whatever time you have to do. And what happened was when I went to court, they said I had to do three weeks of community service, eight hours a day, or pay a fine. So there was a chance that I wouldn't have to do anything, right? If my parents just forked over the cash and said, here's the money, 
let's let's get old Brad J out of there. And you know what they did? They didn't pay a cent. They go, well, sign up, get yourself going. And I did three weeks, eight hours a day, uh, community service for the city of Lompoc and uh, to to get my my freedom back. So there you go. So things weren't starting out such a good way for Brad J. That's for sure. And this is uh, right before I went to college. I just right before I got out of the house and moved back to Santa Barbara where I belong. So I'll get more into that in the next one because I could keep talking about this. But it's a good story, man. Love bringing that one up. I was just getting ahead of myself. I thought, you know, I got to bring it back and talk about things that had happened back in the day to, to shape my story, to shape my character, to show you where I started from, where I came, and where I ended up by just having some patience, being positive, and, you know, doing it for the right reasons. So there you go. This is Tame Your Talent. Check it out on YouTube. Tame Your Talent on Facebook and on YouTube. Subscribe on YouTube. I'm trying to boost my numbers, bros. Uh, Tame Your Talent at gmail.com. That is my email address. Tame your talent at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. Hey, you can tune into my radio show tonight, 7 p.m. Classic Rock, six hours long. And that's 7 p.m. on the West Coast at ktyd.com. I'm Brad J. Follow me on social, Brad J A Y M C. There you go. Tame your talent for your Wednesday. See ya. <laughs>